0: Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation, or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Welcome back, friends! Podcast episode number seventy of here behind the badge in Rochester, New York. My name is Todd Baxter. I'm the sheriff of the county of Monroe, uh, serving a population of about seven hundred fifty thousand people, and uh, just honored to have uh, so many great guests that could join us on this show uh, as we try and articulate to the public who's behind the badge, who who works with us, who works for us, and and uh, one of the most. Uh, Exciting times for me is to share other agencies, and today we have uh, FBI Special Agent in Charge, Jeremy Bell. How are you, sir? Sheriff, I'm doing great. Uh, Like I told you off-air, it's a pleasure being here, and podcast episode number 70. 70, impressive. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Chief Fowler, I don't know if you know that voiceover that was actually our Chief Deputy Fowler with it. I knew that right away. In fact, yeah. my um, drive-in, I got an email from the Chief deputy but another matter. or so yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's got that very distinct voice. But, uh, he does. And the music, the uh, bumper music, just so I keep this all in Monroe County, is from uh, Tommy Burnett out of Fairport. He's a musician out of Fairport. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. uh, donated like that it. bumper music too. Yeah, so we try and keep it as close to the chest as possible here. Uh, you know, you and I have gone back uh, a, a few years in our relationship. One of my intents here of of this show is just to show the interoperability of how we work hand in in glove with with all our partners, and particularly the FBI on today's episode. And uh, before we get into that, just a little bit about yourself—you know, who you are, how long you've been with the agency, and and, uh, what your real—I read your uh, title—but what what does that mean to the public?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, Sheriff. Again, appreciate you letting me uh, come and join you for a few minutes today. I'm a New York guy, uh, born and raised in way, way upstate New York, just outside of Lake Placid, a little town called Saranac Lake. Oh, yeah. Uh, stayed uh, in New York for college uh, after graduating from Binghamton University. Went down south, uh, got my law degree from William & Mary, practiced for a few years, uh, joined the Bureau in 2007, and uh, been in with the FBI for
0: going on 15 years now. That's great. And uh, I didn't realize the Adirondack uh, Mountains, you were from the... Uh the hill's up north, huh? I am. I yeah. am.
1: I, I probably took it for granted a bit growing up, but uh, get back there with the family as much as I can now. Love it up there.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's it's God's country. You it know, is. There's just nothing like it. I do tons of hiking, hike the Adirondacks. I've hiked uh, all over, you know, some of the different parts of the world, and the Adirondack Mountains are some of the toughest hikes. Those climbs, those big rocks, you know, it's, there's nothing, even the Green Mountains across the border uh, are not that difficult. It's some of the most difficult hiking I've found. It's so
1: true, and it's right in our backyard. Yeah. In fact, uh... My wife, kids, and I are trying to become outer on deck 46ers. Oh, really? Climb the, the 46 high peaks. And the kids are doing it, too. Just started. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll we'll check back in in a year or two, see where you are. <laughs> Man, but, yeah. it's aggressive. I like oh, it. it. It's great up there.
0: I think I got seven knocked out. and uh, You're on your way. Yeah. My son, before we went, we were talking off the air about my son, Zach, is in the military now. Our last hoorah, three days before we went active, we went up and did uh, a and and uh, did an overnighter up there and just had a great time. He probably worked harder on that hike than he does uh, serving. Yeah. It's no it's joke. Tough. Oh, it is. It's it. And you get up there, and it's intimidating, the wind coming across those mountaintops, and you feel so small. It's incredible, uh, right? I and mean, you start at the bottom. It could be in the summer. It could be 75
1: degrees, and you get to the, the top of the mountain. It's in yeah. the 40s. Really yeah, you really got to pack for the weather up there. You do.
0: And uh, the 46ers, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but uh, Daryl Pearson, a police officer, killed a good friend of ours uh, in Rochester. So his badge number was 46. So there's a lot of cops uh, uh, that go up there and knock out the 46 in, in honor of Daryl. And when I go up there, we always take a picture with his flag. He was in the, in the Army. And uh, we share. I we got his badge number on a flag, and we always take a picture at top of, of, of every mountain we go. I on.
1: love that. Even yeah. more motivation to get it done. Yeah.
0: So keep that in mind when you're doing them. You could be one of those. Uh, sure will. Those proud law enforcement members. So, a little bit about uh, the FBI here locally, you know, and, and I know we got the the Rochester, the Buffalo, the Corning uh, area. You're kind of responsible for a lot of that. And I am. So how's that playing, the chain of command, or? or uh...
1: Yeah. So we uh, we have what we call a special agent in charge of the mm-hmm. FBI's Buffalo Division. He sits in Buffalo. We have two assistant special agents in charge. I'm one of those two. A lot, lot of acronyms in the FBI sure. and the government. <laughs> ASAC is is my title, and I have operational command of all of our assets here in Rochester and also down in Corning.
0: That's awesome. Well, that's quite a breadth of area to think about, and all the types of crimes that you guys are responsible for investigating, and and, and the assistance you give to local law enforcement. And we'll get more into that. But uh, you know, so the FBI. So what? What? So you know, a lot of people know the TV shows. They know sure. Hoover. They know, you know, they got all this information, and but. So what's, what's the norm for you guys? And I know there's no norm, but... Sure. I, you know, Very
1: generally, Sheriff, we do four things. Basically, everything we do can be captured in one of four buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our top priority is counterterrorism, and that's just what it sounds like. We're, we're charged with uh, keeping our citizens safe from, from terrorist attacks, both here domestically and, and abroad. Uh, that's our counterterrorism mission, our top priority. Our second priority, the second big bucket, is our counterintelligence mission. We have uh, our foreign adversaries, nation states want to steal our country's economic secrets, our military technology, our science. And it's the FBI's job to stop that from happening. Uh, we call it spy hunting, basically. Right. That's our counterintelligence mission. Our third big bucket is what we call our cyber work. Now, you know, it's 2021. That sort of permeates everything we do. We still mm-hmm. have a standalone cyber division that focuses on things like ransomware and dark net activities and, uh, you know, cybercrime. And the fourth big bucket is what people are most familiar with. That's our traditional criminal work. The FBI is tasked with investigating every federal crime. Public corruption, securities fraud, transnational organized crime, child exploitation matters, healthcare care fraud, narcotics gangs. doesn't end. It does not end and all of that stuff. Now, all those different divisions work together. But those are the four big buckets. And it sort of makes us unique in the Western world. Most of our allies bifurcate those national security and criminal missions. And the FBI, we do it all under one roof. We have our national security, our counterintelligence and counterterrorism work, then also our traditional criminal work. And I think that makes us better at what we do. And it's not something we can do alone, obviously. In fact, we partner with you and your agency right. all the time, our Joint Terrorism Task Force. Uh, you worked a lot with us on our cyber work, right. uh, our Child, our child, child Exploitation. Exploitation Task Force, yep. which you know, that's uh, there's no more important work in law enforcement than that. And it's something that your agency and mine have worked
0: very closely together on right. over the years. Yeah, it's amazing, and and uh, we've had a couple of the task force members on here, and and, and uh, we haven't had the JTTF on. I think we're going to share that someday when we can, uh, yeah, you know, appropriately share what they do. But uh, uh, it's no secret that they're out there working hard to keep us safe, our citizens safe. There's constantly threats from a terrorist counterterrorism uh, is very important, whether it's domestic or or foreign. Right. Uh, but that child exploitation, exploitation task force, when we brought those guys in and and interviewed them, it was just man, it's so surreal of. of How many people are there at Tech and are most vulnerable, are young, you know, and and taking advantage of them is utterly incredible. I could not have more respect for our men and women, not just in my
1: agency, but yours as well, That the work those matters. And the ugly truth is we could probably staff up that task force with all of our personnel and they'd be busy Busy. as heck. Um, You know, it's the most vulnerable of victims, the most heinous of crimes. And I can't think of more important, impactful work for our community than protecting our children.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And... uh, you know, we, we were as I was talking to him. One of the things that, and we'll talk more about the officer safety and officer well, officer wellness later on in this podcast. But you know, the, the vicarious trauma; these guys are are in the deepest dark world of crap all day long, if you will. And 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 they they got to be careful that they don't absorb that right and become cynical and become callous to the world. It's a great point.
1: I mean, they are looking at poison all day, all day every long. day. And in fact, one of the things that the bureau does a good job at, and we get your folks involved in this as well, is we do what's called safeguarding and. Right. When one of our agents or, or your deputies gets involved in the child exploitation task force, we'll send them down to D.C. and create a basically a baseline profile. Then year over year, they'll go back down and do another full psychological background and exam to make sure they're still staying staying fit. That's and so important. Emotionally, they're okay because boy, that's really tough, tough yeah. work that they're doing, especially for the men and women who have families of their own. Yeah,
0: yeah. You go home, you you see this, yeah. you hear this, and then you. You know, you get paranoid almost about your own family. You're like, in your ultra protective of your folks, and it's so you know, true. you, you got to maintain a healthy relationship with your family and yeah. and a good balance. So yeah, we said the word task force a few times. Just uh, you know, people are going to think of the FBI, and and, and I, I know you're going to disagree with the unlimited budgets, unlimited manpower. Right? It's the federal government; they can they can muster up anything they need. Um, so why a task force? I obviously manpower is part of that, but so why is the FBI and in, in, so popular in forming these task force with local law enforcement state entities and things like that. What, what what do we bring to the table to to the FBI? It's a great question, and these task forces are force multipliers,
1: both for the sheriff's office and also for the FBI. I and mean, the reality is, we do have a big budget, but you know, the, the, the crime problem in this country and this world is bigger than our budget. So okay. we're constantly looking for ways to be better, and the best way that we can address these threat streams, like the child exploitation problem, is to partner with agencies like yours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you guys can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. But we work together, pool our resources together and direct them collectively at these crime prompts, so we can
0: start to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think uh you know, I'm a big fan of of teamwork and diversity and when we say diversity we can mean a lot of things and diversity of thought, diversity of opinions, uh diversity of skill sets. Uh that's what makes a good team and the football analogy, you know, you know, we can think of our favorite quarterback or the best quarterback in the NFL, but if we had 11 of those quarterbacks on the field, you'd be a pretty sucky football team, right? <laughs> exactly right. You know, so, you know, the, the different agencies bring in different mindsets and different skill sets and different contexts in the community uh, is very, like you said, force multiplier. I could not agree more. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so important for us, not just on
1: that threat, but all of our threats we work well together on. Right.
0: So let's go back to your resume just a bit more. I know you spent some time down in uh, D.C. I did. Uh, the big house. What were you doing down there?
1: actually uh, I joined the bureau out of out of d c like you know, my story's not unlike a lot of others. I was uh in my mid 20s going to law school at William & Mary down in Virginia, and then September eleventh two thousand one and you know like a lot of folks, I was just uh, tied to my TV i was I, I just crippled by what I was watching and right. don 't think I left the TV for many days, and I realized at that point I had to do something um, you know unfortunately or Fortunately, my agency's kind of like yours. We're just chock full of incredibly talented men and women. Right. I'm not one of those, so it took me years <laughs> to get in. But uh, sort of like Andy Dufresne in and Shawshank Redemption, he wanted that library. Right. I just finally wore them down, and eventually <laughs> they, they let me in. And uh
0: yeah, I've been serving my country ever since. God bless. Well, you're 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 a true professional. It's been an honor to work with you. It's been an honor to uh, share our resources. Our most important resource, and it's by far our people. And uh, and that's not easy when you're a smaller agency to, yeah. to dedicate an employer to to, to someone else. Uh, but it's been an amazing experience for me as sheriff. I remember my time in Greece and the Rochester Police Department. It's, just, uh, it's the only way to work. And And if you look other places, look other places outside of just western New York. You don't have these types of relationships. They might be there, but they're not. You know, personal, like ours are, you know, that we can pick up a phone and say, hey, what's going on or what can we do? It's a great point. I mean, I've done this job
1: uh, in D.C. I've done it in New York City and heck, mm-hmm. I've even done it in Buffalo. And the relationships that we have here in Reno County and Rochester are just better than they yeah. are other places. And we're, we're fortunate for it. And, and the reality is, you know, it doesn't make sense not to work together.
0: Right. Um, and, we're you know, we're, we're better collectively what we do for it. Yeah, and uh, behind the badge, the the podcast is to let the public see a little little deeper into law enforcement, a really And I just emphasizing that point. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. Uh, you may not see, and it's not because of Todd Baxter, or Jeremy Bell. It's it's because of our people and our attitudes that you know we're here as public servants and, and whatever we can do to serve the public and that's in our world keep them safe, right? <laughs> let them live their, their their great American life and be as free as possible without you know threat of violence and threat of someone stealing their stuff and. Exactly right. In fact, the FBI's
1: mission statement is to uphold the Constitution and protect the people of the United States, and we take that very seriously. Right.
0: It's, I like simplicity. Yes. That's it. Yes. <laughs> a lot can fit in there, but uh, let's keep the people safe. And, and we're much better at it when we work together. And uh, You may see task force all over America, but uh, I've done a lot of travel and you've done a lot more in, in the law enforcement capacity we have something special you know and uh, i just want to emphasize that to the public uh we, we don't take it for granted
1: and we don't either i mean we count our lucky stars daily that we work so well with you and our other
0: partners you know throughout mineral county so uh what you know we we all have our fortes in in law enforcement you know some people in, in local law enforcement uniform patrols like to do narcotics work they like to do traffic work or dwis and so what's your forte what uh if you are an agent, not an agent in charge, because that comes with a lot of responsibility, what was your, uh, what would you like to investigate? What what type of criminal did you like to go after? You know, I cut my teeth working public
1: corruption matters yeah. and civil rights cases in our New York City office. So I I, I think back to, to those days, and you know, a lot of passion for there because there's, we talked about the child exploitation crimes, and they are terrible, but. When it comes to the criminal work, that public corruption, the, yeah. the dirty officials, the, <laughs> gotcha. the corrupt politicians, yeah. I mean, thats they just tear at the the fabric of our society. So that's important work we do. So you know, thinking back to my days working in those cases, a lot of fond memories. So I have a passion for that type of work. And then I mentioned to you there's two what we call assistant special agents in charge. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge of our national security assets in addition to our, all of our folks in Rochester. So the counterterrorism and counterintelligence work, I didn't grow up in the bureau working that kind of stuff now, but I, I manage it now. And- Gosh, it's important work, and there's only so much we can talk about in an unclassified sure. setting. But boy, do we a lot of do a lot of great stuff yeah. along with your agency for the yeah. American public
0: in that space. Yeah, and there's a lot of behind the scenes uh, work going on there, and there's a lot of potential threats that there are. Yes. are and one of the beautiful things about it, I mean, you think counter and ter- counter uh, terrorism, you think of uh, SWAT teams, and you think of right. you know going and apprehending. The bag. How much work is done in prevention, identification, prevention? The public will never know. That's uh, exactly and right. And then when you find a potential threat, you guys work incredibly on on mitigating the threat, right? Working with the people that might be spiraling or might be you know having a, a threat. That pops up in our community one of the objectives is to work with them uh you know and prevent that spiral before someone gets out of control and uh, i think people miss that part that it's a very holistic approach that we, that we in law enforcement take i'm glad you mentioned that and you've been a leader
1: in this space the threat assessment idea yeah. is something the bureau both locally and nationally is trying to roll out too which is why we support you in the rock Tech initiative i mean it's it's a great idea and i thought sort of think of it this way You mentioned the the resource drain and how many assets we spend investigating a crime, and that's true, and we'll keep doing it. It's our mission, but the reality is if we can prevent a crime from happening with a little outreach on the front end, it's worth its weight in gold. Instead of spending months investigating a criminal or a crime, maybe we spend an hour doing a threat assessment and stopping it from happening. That's one hour of work on the front end, potentially save months, even years in the back end. A lot of credit to you for for sort of leading in that space, but, yeah, really important to have a holistic approach to the crime problems.
0: Yeah, and and we all go back and paint the picture after a horrific crime, a targeted violence case, and and all the dots that may have been connected may have been. Uh, We try as hard in our communities to connect those dots ahead of time and holistically get in front of a threat uh, before, you know, carnage occurs. Yes. yeah, one of the things that we, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, look for the FBI as an expert in, in certain fields. And, uh, you know, behavior analysis is one of them that, you know, a lot of TV programs are made about you guys. I mean, yeah. every, every evening there's a show about the FBI. one And we know a lot of that's not true. But, uh, you know, not expert- that for the public sheriff. It's all <laughs> true. You guys have knife windbreakers <laughs> with big yellow lighters on them. But, uh, you know, the expertise that you do bring the, the cutting edge you know i've i've looked at way back in the horrific uh, shootout down in florida years ago where you lost yes. a couple agents right and just the work on ballistics in because a 9mm versus a 10mm versus a 45 for for law enforcement and uh, you, you guys are in that arena and then you're in the, you know the cutting edge of investigative capabilities and technologies and cutting edge of terrorism counterterrorism whether it's domestic or foreign uh, it's just so it's exciting to have people out there that are just pushing the envelope constantly uh, to make ourselves better I appreciate you saying that and the reality is our footprint here in Rochester is
1: not that large especially when it compared to an agency like the Murrow county sheriff's Office so one of the things we can bring to the table to help you is all these national resources you mentioned our I behavioral health analysis unit they sit down in DC and what incredibly great work yeah. they do helping us you know put together profiles um, I mean just things like that and then you mentioned the, the ballistic stuff we do and our our lab down in Quantico, there's no better crime lab in the world, right. frankly. And so we're able to bring and leverage those resources to Monroe County and help uh, help out that way as well.
0: Yeah, I think, again, local law enforcement, a crime's ready to occur. we got a potential threat case or uh, you know, a crime is, has already occurred. Uh, to be able to just make a phone call to you or to one of your agents and say, hey, can you take a look at this? And, and of course, there's capacity issues sure. everywhere in D.C. in particular sure. uh, because the whole world is, is – Going towards that that asset because it's the best, and you know we'll just use behavioral analysis. There's there's no better, right? And you guys have pride yourself in being the best, and I'll, I'll I'll cheer you guys up a little more. And you challenge yourself to stay the best, stay on the cutting edge, and that's what makes you so great, I think, as an agency. And and a, and a lot of public sees the TV programs, but they really don't see what you're doing for local PDs and Wyoming, right? Rochester, New York, sure. and California, uh, and the big departments are. Breathing down your neck all the time for assets and resources. It's and, you true, know, you know the Philadelphias and New York cities, and but yeah, we can pick up the phone here in Rochester, New York, and get something out of Washington D.C.
1: Again, it speaks to the nature of our relationships here all locally, right. and, and they could not be better. And we're all better for it. And you know, the reality is the way we think about it is the criminals, the spies, the terrorists. I mean, they're constantly moving forward, yeah, and so we need to do the same. Yeah. If we don't comp- you know, continue to adapt, then we're going to fall behind, and nobody wants that. Yeah, that's that's chaos.
0: That's chaos occurring. You know, we we talked about uh, some of the things that you guys are responsible for as a federal agency, and one of them is uh, unfortunately keeping track of the law enforcement officers killed uh, and assaulted across America, and it's a database that I refer to quite often. and unfortunately, those numbers, and let's talk a bit about that. But first, let's introduce what you guys do as far as collecting data. You collect crime data all the time, you know, and then you collect law enforcement assaulted and killed. Uh, and then we'll talk about how these numbers are increasing. but maybe share with the public what you guys are responsible for on, on the capture of that, that information.
1: Sure, Sheriff, you know across the the country, we we collect uh, you know the data, line of duty, death data, uh, felonious assault data. Uh, And we do it for a number of reasons, not the least of which is it's important to keep track of where our vulnerabilities are, and it just shows what a difficult and dangerous job law enforcement can be. Right. It also helps us, you know, in addition to to collecting the data, it also makes us better at offering services and training. I think since 2007, I've heard we trained almost 90,000 law enforcement officers globally. The Bureau Uh, has. The Bureau has. So... (laughs) You know, we collect the data, but then also do our best to give back right. and, and, and train up our folks to, to make them safer at their jobs.
0: Yeah, the data is going to show us the threats, right? The real-world, real-time threats, and, and you're able to react to them if you know what the problem is. It is, and I have some of the data in front of
1: me, Sheriff. And I think through you know, January 1st through the end of November, so not the entire calendar year, but 11 months of it, we had 67 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty and let the numbers sink in for a second. Yeah. 67. And you know, two of those uh, are FBI agents who died down in Florida last winter serving a warrant. So it's something that hits close to home as well. But As sobering as that number is, the 67 line-of-duty deaths, here's another one for you. In 2020, so last year, and I'm, mm-hmm. no reason to believe this number has anything but gone up in 2021, but in 2020, over 60,000 law enforcement officers were assaulted in 2020. Let that
0: number sink in. It's
1: 165 a day. A day. And it goes from there, Sheriff. 18,568 of those officers who are victims of assault or injured. That means 51 cops a day on average are injured via assault on the job. That's not accident. That's That's cops who are injured on the job through assault. On average, 51 a day. We can do a better job as law enforcement officers. in Amplifying that message Mm -hmm. just goes to show that, you know, when your deputies and my agents leave home and kiss their loved loved one goodbye in the morning, they go and do dangerous work, and they do it for the American public. But it's right. it's not something to take for granted or, you know, look past. It's really important work they do, and they they. It's not hyperbole to say they put their lives on the line every single day.
0: No, it's not. And and they put their their way of life. It, yes. it, it might not be a, a, the worst, you know, a loss of life, but you know, a a, a severe injury that may have been captured in the, in the death category could disrupt a whole family. Could disrupt a whole yes. lifestyle of life. And I'll let you. Get on my soapbox here for a second. You know, it's what you guys signed up for. You know, I hear this. I hear this absolute junk out there. It's what you guys signed up. No, I didn't sign up to be crippled. I didn't sign up. I don't sign up. My, you know, we talked off the air. Hopefully, my son becomes a cop someday. You know, I, I didn't. I'm not sacrificing his life, right? Uh, That's never going to be the norm. We can never accept that as as that's the way it is. Uh, It's kind of like a firefighter. We know it's dangerous, but do we accept a firefighter being killed in the line of duty? Absolutely not. We're going to train as hard as we can. We're going to prevent as much as possible, Uh, but we'll never accept it. You know, we'll always honor that. That that nobility of these guys. Uh, but that's what makes me nervous. I'm so glad you, you guys captured these numbers. And we got to, like you said, it. we got to do a better job sharing with the public that what I think you said 51 people are going to the hospital every day because they wore a blue uniform and trying to keep your neighborhood, your community safe as possible. So you can enjoy your way of life, the American way of life. The work you FBI agents, the work our military is doing, whether locally or overseas, the work that deputy that patrol officer is doing right here in Monroe County is so you can go to enjoy your life you can go to your kids can go to school in peace you can go to Wegmans in peace and we can go home and, and hopefully lock our doors and go to bed in peace and we you know it's it but it doesn't come with death it, it, anyway, Well, you signed up for it now stop the BS we didn't sign up for that and we should never sacrifice our employees uh, and make that part of our job description
1: I could not agree more in fact I hope you stay in that soapbox these are important messages for us to get out our two agents who lost their lives in the line of duty last winter, they, they did it serving a warrant on one of these child exploitation matters we're right. talking about. They went to serve a warrant on a guy who was, you know, preying on our children and they didn't get to go home that day. They right. they got killed. Um And, you know, as, you're right. That's not something that. Uh, it's not part of a job description. Sure
0: shouldn't be. <laughs> Hell no. Not on our watch in. Uh... And, again, uh, we should look at this data. We should share the data. We should train around that data make sure our guys and gals are as safe as possible and we're them the right equipment, tools, and, and yes. policies and procedures. Uh, but we should also respect that data, and, and that comes with honor and nobility. Uh, and, and for the public behind the badge, please appreciate uh, whatever the agency. It really doesn't matter. These first responders, you know, police, fire, EMTs, soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen, Coast Guard, you know, they're all going into the, the thick of it every day, and we have no idea what comes out at the other end yeah. of that shift. I sure don't. Well said. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share uh, as far as the FBI? Is there something that we did not discuss uh, as we came into the show or? Uh I don't think
1: so. I think we covered yeah. uh, most everything I wanted to get across. Yeah, I appreciate it's... the opportunity to talk about my agency and talk
0: about the great relationships we have with you guys as well. Yeah, it's a quick 30 minutes, isn't it? it like, 30 minutes? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how fast it goes. Oh, uh, that's crazy. But uh, it's great having you here. Uh, we just, uh, we we so champion our, I, we were joking off the arrow, you know, my son hopefully someday will work for a federal agency with three letters. There's so many of them around. Uh, we have a great relationship with all of them, in, in particular the FBI and and uh, you guys are, are noble human beings. Every time I've touched base with a, an agent, they've always been there. They never flinched once when we called. And, and that's a testimony of who they are as, as human beings, let alone servants.
1: Yeah, the feelings mutual, Sheriff. Yeah. Could, could not think any higher of uh, Mineral County Sheriff's Office. You guys do great, important work. And it's our honor and privilege to, to partner with you guys.
0: So on the uh, podcast, we end up with a, a program program. Uh, endings thing called the no Miranda zone you're you're obviously a lawyer a trained lawyer you're familiar with Miranda warnings where you have a right to remain silent here no Miranda you don't have a right to remain silent I got the podcast so you got to answer <laughs> questions uh so I'll just banter out with a couple favorite candy bar if you're gonna have a candy bar what's your favorite candy bar
1: I'm gonna go with the classic the Hershey bar right Hershey bar right is yeah. there any yeah. other answer
0: <laughs> no not. so if you live you know Middle of Pennsylvania, I guess you'd have to answer <laughs> that, right? But go down that Route 81 corridor a little further. Uh, where do you go on vacation? If Number one place if, if Jeremy Bell is going on vacation with a family or you haven't been there yet, your dream.
1: Like I mentioned earlier, we try to get back to the Adirondacks every chance we get. Yeah, really. To ski in the winter, we're up to Whiteface last year and then in the summer to knock out some of these high peaks for, for hikes. It's is your just... wife from
0: uh, the mountains also? My wife's from right here actually. She's oh, really? uh,
1: born and raised in Penfield, which is how I ended up here. Okay. So she's she's home and then yeah. we're a short drive to where I grew up. So yeah. Adirondacks, easy yeah. answer.
0: You know, from Lake Placid, one of my favorite all time towns. I just Beautiful, walk out to think about the miracle. Oh, no, I know I've been right. there a hundred times. I still get chills <laughs> when I walk by the building. Oh. Totally incredible. And uh, you know, we'll just finish up with a real simple one. Favorite sitcom. If you're gonna binge watch something with the family or yourself or your favorite all time program. I grew up
1: on the Wonder Years. Oh, yeah. The original Wonder Years. So uh, I love that show. <laughs>
0: That's funny. Well, it's been great having you. I've been getting great to know a little, little bit more about you and Wonder Years and Hershey Chocolate Bars. and <laughs> uh, But more importantly, sharing uh, who you guys are and what you do for a living, how you keep us safe and so we can enjoy our way of life and the breadth of the FBI and all the business that they're in, keeping our community as safe as possible. Thanks for joining us. It's been an honor. Thank you, Sheriff. The honor is ours. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at MonroeSheriffNY. Until next week, be safe.